0: Welcome in, it is Tuesday with a question, yeah it's Tuesday, Jason Ross here and look who's back, look who's here, Katie Christensen with us, hi Katie, Katie Christensen, Hello. Hunter, Katie Hunter, Katie, Hunter, Katie, Katie Christensen, Katie, you're, you're
1: right, yeah, you're right, you got it the first time. How are you? I'm doing well sir, yes? yeah, about as good as anyone can in, in Kings Nation right now.
0: Oh, are we going to talk about the Kings today? <laughs> We have to. We will. Mm-hmm. It's good to have you, though. We will talk about that. It's um, Thanksgiving week. Yeah. I like thanks. You are a, a big-time cook, chef. Yeah, I've been food busy preparer. the last couple of days. Already? Yeah. You're yeah. ahead? Like, you're cooking now well, already?
1: think about it. I mean, we had a game last night. Right. Coming in here to do radio with you today. Game, game tomorrow.
0: tomorrow. Game Friday. Thanksgiving. Game yeah.
1: Friday. And it's that's the one that we have to go to the studio in, in oh. San Francisco. Yeah. So it's a 7.30 game. And I leave six hours before we go on air to get down there. Wow! And then it's a seven thirty game, and then I have to drive back that night, so it's going to be a late arrival back. And then at ten o'clock in the morning, hop a commercial flight to dr- to fly to Memphis for the game on Sunday. Like that—that's oh, so that's that's right. what this that's right. whole week looks like for me. So yeah,
0: you're a planner, though. You're ahead, are you yeah. ahead of the game? So you've like prepared food already? Well, um, or some.
1: Yes, I. Well, the most important thing is I brine the turkey today. Okay, so I've got that going, and I've got a. You know, it's everything. It's like ironing napkins and like <laughs> you iron
0: the napkins, the linen
1: napkins. Yeah,
0: are they folded expertly, or yes. is, are they in one of those yes. rings, or do you make like yeah. a turkey I, I'm gonna out do, of origami? I'm, I'm,
1: I'm gonna do folds. I actually do have a book on folding napkins. Come I've on. had for years. Yeah, can you do? I'm most that of person. Those? Yeah, yeah, I'm that person. And it, I it's think a, it's a problem. I, I understand.
0: I think the last time you were here, we learned that you you were also very nifty and and yeah. craftsman. You could. You I could probably things. craft your Thanksgiving table.
1: I did build the table that we're eating Thanksgiving dinner on. Come on,
0: I did. I grew the turkey. I built. I brought. You know, I, I did
1: not. I did From not, the land. I did get the turkey from the grocery store. <laughs>
0: um, man, what else? What else is on the menu?
1: Oh, so I'm gonna fry the turkey. Good. And then we're doing uh, dressing, okay? Uh, mashed potatoes, and in my family, we do. Um, we make homemade noodles, and then we boil it in the turkey kind of stuff, which we don't have the drippings mm-hmm. this year, so we'll boil it in turkey um, broth. And we make um, homemade noodles into gravy that we put on top of the potatoes. It's really delicious. Yeah, And then, like, yeah, like salad and, and rolls. Salad. And yeah, make okay. a good salad. I think okay. I'm going to put crab in it. So mm. we'll do, like, a, a crab salad. And then, um, yeah, a couple different pies and – some specialty cocktails and lots of uh, lots of uh, apps and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it'll be good.
0: There you go. It's just a feast coming yeah. up. Um Happy belated birthday too. Was it a week ago?
1: Yeah. Oh, it a was ago. a week ago today. Yeah. yeah. I'm. You know, when you get this old, you forget. Time well, Dave was... <laughs> called
0: you. I think he said, "Oh, she's 49." I'm like, "Come on, Dave." You yeah. Know, whatever he. Uh, you know. He here, puts here, extra years. Here's on the you.
1: thing. It's like this is the th- I, I'll never be able to lie about my age because I played a sport. So it's <laughs> all <true>. online. <laughs> People can find it yeah, if they want to. My birthday's there. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm yeah. glad you're here. We've got plenty to cover. We got a full show. We go till six o'clock today. There is no Kings basketball, but we will be talking a lot about Kings basketball. And timing is everything. We had kind of had this plan for a while, but I'm glad you're here for for many reasons. But one, you literally have a connection and a relationship with Alvin Gentry, the new coach of the Kings. Yeah, You've I've known, known him, for a long time.
1: Known him for a long time because he was coaching in in Phoenix while I was there playing, and so I've I've known Alvin for a really long time. And um quite familiar with his system and he's just a quality individual. Like I would call Alvin a friend. Um, so, you know, kind of his, his family and his kids watch them grow up, all of that. So yeah, it's interesting that he's been in this position so many times. And we were talking about on the broadcast, I went to, um, docs kind of pregame media availability yeah. last night. And he was saying, you know, of course being asked about Alvin and he's like, Hey, he's, he was on my staff in in LA and he goes, um, I probably never should have let him go, never should have mm-hmm. let him interview for that, that job with Golden State, where he went and, and eventually won an NBA title alongside Steve Kerr. And so Alvin has been in this position so many times. And I want to say this is his, what, fourth,
0: fourth interim. interim?
1: And two of those jobs he was hired permanently Correct. after the interim. Yeah. So he's got experience in this. And I saw some immediate changes last night. So okay, I'm sure we'll get into
0: those. Now the results weren't what anybody nope. wanted, and that's... And that's
1: kind of been the, the, the overall the problem. Overall right? problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: We will get into all those today. We're going to have first things first here in a moment. Um, but one of the first comments on our YouTube, and again, we thank everybody for checking us out there, uh, a book on folding napkins, question yeah. mark? Yeah. They're this, questioning you. I, mean, you I can, am too. You can
1: probably go on Amazon now and find them, but like, I got mine at like a Barnes & Noble or something, or maybe even like a Marshall's years ago. Cause Are you I, the you know, author? No, no, I'm not. But like I, and I I don't have, I'm not doing it all this year because a lot of my belongings are in storage still, but um, I'm the one that does like the china and the crystal and the table setting and like the whole, like, it's a, it's elaborate. Yeah. So it'll be a version of that this year.
0: Chris, Chris has something for you, I think. Isn't, I'm guessing everything's on YouTube, right? What do you mean? The folding napkins.
1: Oh, I bet.
0: I think. Think we're past like do-it-yourself books. Oh my oh, gosh! Oh, I see what you're saying. Why yes. would I
1: throw it away though? But I, don't know. I can just put my hands on it. But you know what? It, here's a really good point, and thank you for being smarter than me, Chris. Because <laughs> I'm sure don't that I'm that. sure that that book's in storage too right now. So oh, yeah. I might have to figure out. And I've got napkin rings, but I don't know if they really match with my chargers that I've got. So you know, I'll figure oh, it char- out, Chris.
0: Chargers too, of course. And you're pressing. I just yeah. pressing the napkins. That's, You've got to. And the tablecloth, all of it.
1: I'm not going to do a tablecloth. Oh, got yeah. you off the
0: table. Chargers. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, the table. I mean, I, I, yeah.
0: Okay, you just said I'm smart and now I'm dumb. What, I don't know what you mean by Chargers.
1: That's oh, like a, Chargers plate, are right? like the decorative plate that you put underneath the plate you eat off of. Oh, yeah. got it. Yeah.
0: We're more of a paper plate family. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say they're the team that plays in LA, but that's the wrong, <laughs> wrong answer as well. Um, so, yeah, you go a lot. There's like, That's that's a lot of pre work and then post work dishes and all that. There's a lot of stuff going on.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like when I cook, my family can do the dishes. They should. Yes. They
0: should. All right. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad all of you are here as well. So let's do it. Let's get you started with First first things first.
2: First things first.
0: My things aren't firing. Lots of things aren't
1: firing yes. right now, which is actually our first talk topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the Kings. It was a highlight of Kings basketball. We'll get that in a moment, or a low light. Kings lose again, Katie, as they scored <clears throat> 12. Yeah. Twelve. in the entire fourth quarter. Had a lead, you could stop the game with about ten minutes to go. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. think they were great last night, but you had to just get through it. I think Alvin Gentry even said that we have to find a way to win. I, I mean, we'd like it to look pretty. You Everybody know, would I mean... like to start a streak. But in the end, it's a loss, and now everything is everybody's questioning everything right now.
1: It's it's interesting because I I don't have the pulse of the of the fans in terms of what they think about that statement about finding a way to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit kind of a head scratcher, right? But you hear it a lot, and it certainly applies to this King's team because you even look back to the Utah game, the Puke game, if you will. <laughs> um, it. It was a four-point game in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I right. mean, they made a run and got it to four. Mm-hmm. And then they, they come out in the beginning of the fourth and allow, like, a 10-0 run. And then it's 14. Yeah. And then there's the stoppage in play, and I'm sitting there going like, oh, I really hope that this is it actually works in favor of the Kings and stops the momentum of the Jazz. And then the Kings came out even worse after that. So learning how to win. Absolutely, it's a skill and one the Kings have not have not mastered
0: back, clearly. Yeah, back to the head scratching part of coming into the season. One of my beliefs on this team, Katie, was the fact that let's take the main core: Fox, Halliburton. Even though it's only year two for him, but Fox, Barnes, Buddy, Holmes—they've played a lot of minutes together, mm-hmm. a lot of games, and a lot of games in the last year or two years. We go well; they lost, but hopefully, this is an example of what it takes to win. So the continuity. Should have, in my opinion, propelled them in all those, especially the first 10 games where they in fourth quarters, close games. They didn't know how to win those games. But
1: continuity is about doing the same thing the last 10 to 12 minutes that you were doing for the first 38. Yeah, so where's it go? And so that's the problem is where you go from changing, I don't know if it's game plan or or what, and saying like, oh, now it's my turn to like just ISO. Right. Play one-on-one and that's it's just it's it's a killer it kill, it kills great teams you don't see great teams do that mm-hmm. great teams stick with their game plan for all four quarters and every team has lapses throughout the game but there's there's far too much of a change like last night perfect example they were brutalizing the Seventy Sixers, Tyrese and Rashawn, time after time after time, with that two man pick and roll game and scoring out of it every time. I don't know that we saw it in the fourth quarter.
0: Mm-mm. Now, why? Great question. Great question. The other thing, like just logistically, I thought changed the game as well. Drummond went out. They were head by one, four fouls. He comes back in. They were down seven or nine, and then at the end. It feel like he got every rebound known to man possible. Um, he he helped them. He made a difference. Mm-hmm. But still, that's a Philly team I felt that had to play together based on personnel where it felt like, to your point, I think there was one time Kings were down two. There's four minutes left, uh, hurried three. Mm-hmm. Like, run run your stuff. Yep. Get a good shot. And you just, can get
1: that at any time any during time. the shot clock. And yeah. you're
0: right. I think when they get down, when they have a little bit of adversity, it's, I'll do it. I'll take care of it myself. And that's not the way they need to play. Nope. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Can't
1: can't have the hero mentality because there ha- there's not a hero on this team.
0: Yeah. There's not. And we're obviously going to do a much deeper dive. We got we got plenty of segments on uh <laughs> on this team, on even the decision to remove Luke, on Alvin coming in on the roster, um, on how they just need to get one win mm-hmm. tomorrow, whether they can even do that. So we got all that coming up. Let's continue with more. First things first. first things first.
2: First things first.
0: All right, for what it's worth, there was another firing, but this was from the NFL, the Buccaneers. They were supposed to beat the Giants last night, Monday night football. They did. And so the Giants' answer is, let's fire our offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. I don't know. I guess people always want their pound of flesh. The Giants weren't supposed to be great. Their offense isn't great. They're making a move at midseason. Those are weird. How, how many mid-season moves have you been involved in? Were it, One. One. Did it help? Did it hurt? Yeah. Or irrelevant? I mean, I
1: mean it it helped and it hurt at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were not a good team. And, they, we, and this is not a. This is not an exaggeration, <laughs> Jason. We drove our poor interim coach to drinking. It got to the point that by the end of the season it was a come into the locker room, everyone bring it in and that was it. There oh, was no wow. there was no even like game plan. It was it was brutal and it was a bad situation. Cynthia Cooper was the head coach that year and then her old college coach was on her staff and they gave it to her and, and she it was just beyond. But um, I think in this case with the Giants, the interesting thing about it though is like, okay, you kind of have to perform this is a performance absolutely not even just for the players but for the coaching staff and you've been there for almost two years right uh as the offensive coordinator you've one time in 26 games you've scored over 30 points is that right One? one time wow in in 26 games they've scored over 30 points don't you think that that maybe calls for a change
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's also then – but that brings to – Does it matter if it's midseason? Right. And do we have the roster to do it? Why are we only getting these Mm -hmm. few points? Um, Yeah. Is it personnel? Is it coaching? The coach is always the one that falls on the knife. With
1: everybody, with every team, in in every league, at every level – the coach is always the one that's going to yeah. get the blame or coaches in right. this situation. This is, you know, offensive coordinator. And, and so I don't know that making changes midseason. This not a lot of teams do what like the Hawks did last year. Right. Under, and turn it around. Yeah, yeah. under Nate McMillan. That doesn't happen very often. And so I don't think that this is really going to make a big difference for the Giants. Yeah. Because like everything, it's multifaceted. Personnel is definitely one of the factors. Yeah,
0: for right. sure. All right. Let's get more. First things first
2: first things, first. First,
0: things first. first well this is on the other end uh Penn State they've got a good program James Franklin's been talked about maybe at USC other jobs he's not going anywhere Kate he has just agreed today uh, reportedly to a new 10-year contract to stay at Penn State and for me college is really about the coach mm-hmm. because that's you know it's so much different than the NFL or the NBA college i am you're coming to play for me my program you're attached to the coach their success Um, helping raise uh, young men or women, whoever, whatever sport um college is a lot about the head coach well
1: they're the head coach they're the general manager they're they're everything yes. i mean they recruit the players they want right. they don't just go out and coach games and that's i think what kind of makes college special in that sense and i think that that's probably why it's it's strange to me you know you see it with players professionally like long contracts more in baseball yeah you know you know even the nba has kind mm-hmm. of really started to expand like they didn't have these five year you know huge contracts you know years ago um but with college, College, it makes a lot of sense to lock in a head coach um, for massive, like, 10-year deals, right? Because it is about continuity, and players want to go play for a college that has had success over a long period of time. It's UConn and women's basketball. You see it – Kentucky, you see it – like – and. The coach is very much the centerpiece mm-hmm. of that. So, you know what? Lock it in. Pay him.
0: Yeah. And then you're a recruit. You're thinking about Penn State. Oh, I heard he was maybe going somewhere. Now he's a 10-year dealer. Yep. All my years there, that's going to be my coach, barring something bizarre. Yep. But he signed. And um, if you got a guy you like or a woman you like, keep him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right?
1: Well, well. Yes. you yes. got to stick with it. And I think that college coaching is probably, I would think at this point, maybe more desirable for a lot of coaches um, from football to basketball, all the, across the board, than professional because there's a lot of turnover.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think it really is you and not to take it away from an NBA coach, a major league baseball manager. And if like the program is, is bigger almost than the company, yeah. like it's your program. Yeah.
1: Well, and in football, you've had, you know, great success with with, um, coaches that have gone on to coach at the professional level, not going so well for some people this year. But, you know, I think that's the thing is like you kind of have to give them the reins Mm -hmm. and let them kind of molded into if you're going to hire a coach and you're going to give them a contract you have to give them the ability to make the decisions because it's all built around you right everything it's your system it's it's your philosophy it's your kind of um kind of how you approach sports and 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 recruiting and all of that and like that's what the success of the program is ultimately going to be built on yeah so and
0: and for someone like let's one of the greatest college coaches now is nick saban at alabama Mm -hmm. who did taste and go to the nfl Mm -hmm. is back and One, he's getting paid a boatload. Everything he ever wants in Alabama will be his. Um, And everybody ever thinks he's a great coach. I know there's always a challenge of coaching at the highest level, but – to say what, you're even better than like everybody thinks he's great already. Right. What's what's he, like what would he chase? Yeah, why? What yeah.
1: what what changes there? I mean, who who stays? It's very abnormal in professional sports. You've got um Popovich in in San Antonio with Rare. Spurs, you've got um in New England, you've got yeah, Belichick, um, Belichick but, Bill Belichick. Like you don't get it in professional that's sports. That's it, yeah. like seriously, off the right. top of your head, name somebody that's been there with longevity right. and is safe. College sports, there's way more safety involved, way more. Yeah,
0: as long as you get that program going. So James Franklin agrees to a new 10-year contract to stay at Penn State. All right, some more First Things First.
2: First Things First. First Things First.
0: Well, you were just mentioning long-term contracts. How about the athlete side of things? Uh, Tampa Bay Rays love Wander Franco. He just came up this year. He's 20. He's a shortstop. He has agreed today, Katie, to a 12-year deal that'll guarantee him 185 million. If all things go well, possibly as much as almost 225.
1: And this really only happens in baseball, you know. But young, 20 years old, right? You know, and And he
0: easily can play till 32 and beyond. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so this is the the question with me. Like you've seen it in the past. A Rod, I remember Mm -hmm. when he got that big one in Texas, and that was like a big deal in the whole sports world. Was like, oh my gosh. Well, we've seen a lot more of it since, Mm -hmm. obviously, and. In baseball, But um, because of his age and how young he is, you have to wonder, like, this might end up being a deal down the road with how things change in sports and and salary caps and all of those things. So, yeah, it's like, wow, (laughs) 10 years from now, it might be a a, a deal for them.
0: Yeah, and I love it for an organization like Tampa that's been known as a team that gets young players, develops them, and then Mm -hmm. there they go to Boston, New York, L.A.,
1: a feeder program yeah. for a... Yeah, like, nope, <laughs> we like him.
0: We're going to pay him probably mm-hmm. too much right now. Mm-hmm. But in three years, five years, seven years, we may go, oh, I we think, stole from him. I
1: think the, um, the important thing right now with a 20-year-old is giving him that much money mm-hmm. right now is you also have to be able to provide him with some other things off the field, yeah. if you will, that are going to really help prepare him for the spot that he's in now. Yeah. And I mean in terms of adult life. Right. Yeah. Who's around you. It's kind of like in, in the NBA, there's the player development people. Fat Lever was right. was one of the, the guys for the Kings for a long time. Those people are very, very important because yeah. they deal with all the things kind of off the field that are human things that are really important to address when you give a 20 year old that much money.
0: Yeah. And I know uh, we always like to put things in our own example. Like, oh, what would I have done? I have no idea because, you know, top ramen, whatever yep. the regular meal was at college. <laughs> Um, you just never saw anywhere, you know, if you yeah. found an extra five bucks, you were living oh, large. Absolutely. And here's, I mean, it's already, he's in a different lifestyle anyway, yeah. but just, man, that's absurd.
1: Absurd. I can't, even, I mean, I remember my 333 um, bean and cheese burritos from Freebirds. Like.
0: 333?
1: 333. They're $3.33, and I would get two, and that's what I would have, I'd have Lunch like and dinner? Half, yeah. half, and then full. Oh, a couple meals. Yeah. Wow. All three meals. Yeah. Come on now. This is college. <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: If anybody, you know, if you had roommates, anybody made something, if you can get, yeah. you know, leftovers of that, it was, mm-hmm. we were far more resourceful, I think, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> you have to be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure how old this is, but it's in the fridge. Yeah, we'll give it a run at it. Probably yeah. not the most sensible thing. <laughs> you weren't ironing napkins back then, I don't no, think. I wasn't. <laughs> All right, let's get to one more thing here on First Things First.
2: <clears throat> first Things First. Close
0: things first. All right, tonight, college basketball. Following us, actually, we're done at 6, but at 7 o'clock, it'll be the Causeway Classic of basketball. It'll be UC Davis and Sacramento State. That's played at Golden 1 tonight. Scott Marshall will have the call. That'll start with the pregame at 7. So I love rivalry games. That's fun. Uh, for you, Santa Barbara, what what was your number one rival there, actually?
1: While I was there, it was Long Beach State, oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, the conference has changed, yeah, obviously, I since my, I was there. Yeah. And, um, but without a doubt, and it goes back to kind of when the program started to become kind of like a powerhouse and in, in the conference and continual trips to the NCAA tournament, like one of my coaches that was there, um, my assistant coaches, she was, the two of them were a player on the team that kind of like started building in that direction and had some knockdown down drag out fights with, you know, Long Beach state and, and it continued. They were a really good team when we were playing there. We beat them every time, but they were really hard, really. And, and you know, everyone got into it. Yeah. It was a rivalry for it, sure. It, I it love, was dirty.
0: I love that because there's some people or some like that try not to treat a game worth anymore. And maybe there's value in that, but also some that just go all in. No. And and, like you,
1: and honestly, I you obviously have them in professional sports. Sure. But it doesn't even hold a candle to college sports in terms of rivalries. Yeah, like those ones are like storied Mm -hmm. rivalries, right? Um, Yeah, like everyone hates the Lakers here, Mm -hmm. absolutely, and they should after what happened (laughs) twenty years ago. Yeah, we're not over that. Yes, but it's also like those years, you know, recently when the Lakers were not great and they Mm -hmm. weren't making the playoffs. Like it's not the same, you know, to to play the Lakers and the Kings and when neither team are in the playoffs and terrible that season, like it doesn't have the same kind of like rivalry kind of juice to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, I know fans felt this way, you know, especially after that time, anytime the Lakers were here, you just, I was driving to the Mm -hmm. arena fired up and (laughs) no slam on, you know, the Pistons coming in, but it's like, okay, I'll go to this game and enjoy it too. But Oh my goodness, the Lakers here, I'm not even playing and I'm, I'm fired up for it.
1: And that's just, that's one of the many things that makes sports great. Yes. Right. And gives you different kind of textures to being a fan and being a player and that rivalry.
0: Yes. And one more thing too, from college hoops tonight. The other thing I love about college Katie is they're not afraid to put the big time matchups together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tonight, number one, Gonzaga number two, UCLA, they play each other. They were the semis last year. Still breaks my heart that Suggs hit the half-court shot to beat UCLA, but... Um,
1: yeah, you're a UCLA guy.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so, but, you know, if they win today, I'd be happy if yeah. they, this season's going till March, I mean, you, yeah. you know, a, a college basketball loss doesn't derail anything like no, a college football loss. it absolutely
1: doesn't. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that it, it doesn't in terms of college basketball is you play two games a week. Right. Right? It's like you have several days to write the ship yes. and fix the things like practice and 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 you know, fine-tune things. And that's kind of one of the things with young teams in the NBA that make it so brutal once the season gets underway. And that's one of the big differences with the Kings this yeah. year. They were great the the beginning, yeah. but they were coming off a solid few weeks of practice. Yes. Then practice wasn't around anymore. and
0: Not a game. We're talking about practice. We're talking about
1: practice. Yes. And, and how important it is. Yes. <laughs> and they don't have that time to yeah. catch
0: up. Well, speaking of the Kings, we are going to talk about that. A deep dive into them now. Really uh, a lot of the rest of the show here, including what went wrong last night. I mean, really, we look at last night's fourth quarter, what happened to the Kings versus Philadelphia. Katie and I will discuss that when we come back right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.
2: Back out to heartless Right back to De'Aaron with six in the shot clock. Now he's working on the right wing in three-point range. Down to two. Has to launch for three. And he scores the triple. Ten unanswered for Sacramento. Kings in transition. Heal going for another one. He's got the bucket. Four for four from downtown. Bunny Heald has 14 points in six minutes of playing Just Fox stutter step into the lane. Up and down. Window move. Too strong. No good. Lead out. On the run, Bible to the rack, scores it. Shot clock at five, gives to Fox. Fox splits defenders, loses the ball. It's a shot clock violation. That's the 13th Sacramento Turner. Pass inside, mishandled, but Drummond controls it, and then he turns and rips home the jam. So a disappointing night for the Kings, and the losses continue, unfortunately, to stack up. It's now eight of the last nine. The second half, three-point shooting. One of fifteen, where the home record in this building for this season now stands at two and seven.
0: Oh. Pressing. Can you win some games for the G-Man, please? I know. Please.
1: It can get pretty, pretty dismal
0: for G-Man. He's seen way too many losses. Yeah. The fan base needs wins. The players everybody yeah. does. That goes beyond saying, but Man, what went wrong I mean you're Mike. you saw it, you were there, you called it. Um it was going better. I don't know mm-hmm. that it was going swimmingly, it was it was going okay. Yeah. They at times were functioning better and things were looking all right, and then here they go. Final ten minutes, Katie, and it just
1: I feel like one of the things that ails this team the most is that as the game goes on, not only do they get comfortable with how they're playing, if they're competing in a game, but they forget why they've been successful they forget what's working they go away from it and I talked about it earlier that I want to say it was the third quarter but it was pretty much throughout the whole game I mean Tyrese Halliburton and Rashawn Holmes it was like on on just repeat time after time after time that two-man game and they were having success with it every single time and I don't remember seeing that at all in the fourth quarter. And I haven't gone back and watched the fourth quarter yet. But what blows my mind is you get outscored 25 to 12. Neither team had a three in the fourth
0: quarter. Oh, I didn't realize Philly did. Neither
1: team. Wow. Kings were 0 of 10. And yeah, Kings
0: didn't. Yeah. And
1: uh, Philly only took three, but they were 0 for it. They scored 14 points in the paint and nine from the free throw line. Mm. And that is where the game was.
0: Yeah. And for a team... Let's compliment Philly, but it's ripping the Kings in the same sense. They didn't have one starter. One. No. Uh, we knew that Embiid was out. We thought, uh, wait, of course, Simmons is out. Mm-hmm. Weren't sure going into the day about Harris. He's out. Then they said Danny Green and, and Curry were out. Mm-hmm. Now, they have capable players. That's not the point, but you're, you're spreading people thin, a little different. They weren't deep. And you're getting to their second tier and third tier that had to play together, and that's exactly what they did.
1: Well, and I think one of the things, and, and we kind of forget this. First of all, they've they've kind of been what was it? They were one and seven coming into the game Without over their game. last yeah. their last eight. But they've they had Danny Green's been out. Tobias Harris was out like I think five games in health and safety protocol. They've had to throughout this season piece things together where some of these guys from the second unit are getting meaningful minutes that are in the prime like the, the the primary rotation and so it's not like oh you know the kings lost to a philly team that all of a sudden was playing with their you know their second string guys and everyone was has been available before that that's when things that's like that's a real bad situation mm-hmm. so i think that they have a lot of continuity and tyrese maxey his He's last nice. 11 games have been just absurdly good and he's a he's a really complete player for his age and how young he is. I mean, he can hit the three, he puts it on the floor, he gets people involved, he's aggressive, he defends. I mean, he is a good-looking player, and at watching him this season, I've been really impressed by him. And so you have to give credit to, you know, good coaching and, and a team that, by the way, I mean, this is what it's like to have a winning mentality. It's, mm. it's everyone has to have it, even the players that— are kind of the second unit. Yeah. And when they get primary time and, and they're in the primary rotation, of course they're going to take care of it because they're used to playing in that culture and they're used to that, that what the expectations are. Yeah, And, you know, it, it's not surprising that they didn't give up and that they came out and played like, you know, it mattered because this is a team that definitely has playoff aspirations. And they're going to go deep into the playoffs if they can get into the Eastern Conference Finals for once. I mean, they haven't been able to do that the last four years, but they, they, they have title aspirations. So they're looking at like these games as like one in seven. Right. Like we have to turn this around no matter who's available. Yeah. And it comes from top to bottom and, and they all performed.
0: When we were talking about this earlier one of the things you said uh you noticed some differences though with the Kings mm-hmm. last night the one that the first one was he started Mo, Alvin Gentry started mm-hmm. Mo Harkless again um what else though what else did you pick up on that you thought was maybe noticeably different in for his first chance uh to coach the team
1: right out of the gate the pace they were playing at was was much better um it was going uh and it's difficult. And I'm going to preface this by saying, like, I played in a running system in the WBA. I played for Paul Westhead. Yeah, he's famous for that. The guru of Go, yeah. LMU, like, um, phenomenal 30 for 30. It was great. Uh, yeah. yeah. But um, you have to practice the nuances of the game that nobody realizes, which is things like taking the ball out of the basket, inbounding it before it hits the ground. Like, if, you, if it hit the ground in you our practice, time. we were running because it loses time advancing with the pass the same as like if you rebound the ball defensively the whoever rebound it immediately turns and does a bust out dribble which is like you 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 turn and put it on the floor and a bust out dribble is like you you travel with it like you you cross you're going you, somewhere and you you're go somewhere ahead. it's yeah and you're immediately looking for an outlet on the move and that's those are these things that you have to practice to kind of run and and be a fast-paced team and those aren't things that anyone naturally does you have to drill them but I did notice that the Kings were definitely increasing the pace and I've been noticing all year that Tyrese Halliburton already has that ability because I don't know if you ever noticed Jason He'll get the ball and he'll like run to get it. Like yeah, from the ref, he'll run lot, to get yeah. it, and then he'll like like, like, go, give, like go. give it to the ref. Like give, give it ready. back to me. You need yeah. to be ready. Yeah. And and so he has that ability and mentality already. Now everyone has to kind of get on the same page on the same page with them.
0: Yeah, meaning so, Fox too, right? Because he's as fast as anybody absolutely. in the league, and sometimes yeah. he's jogging it up the so, floor.
1: So and another thing with the running system is I, I don't think the Kings have done a very good job this season at running lanes. I think it's been disorganized in transition and you've got two or three guys running the same lane and that's so easy to defend, right? That's so easy to defend. So another thing you have to do in a running system is really, you have to make sure that the lanes are filled at all times and that you keep the defense spread because it gives you opportunities on the outside, but that's also what keeps your lane open. So if you have your heavy loaded on one side, that also, Clogs up your paint. So I noticed some things like that where, all right, guys are running lanes a little bit better. Um, wasn't great, but it was a little bit better. You're starting to see kind of a change in mentality. But I also noticed, and this is very typical of a team that runs and, and plays with pace, you trick the other team into playing at that same pace. So they're also starting to push it. And usually in the fourth quarters, where you have the advantage and you've kind of worn them out a little bit. But when you're running at that pace and the other team's trying to kind of keep up with it because it is fun to play, defensively in transition is where you really, really struggle. Mm-hmm. And there was some struggles last night in transition. I mean, getting back, I, there's always going to be mismatches. And this team hasn't been consistent at – um, being able to communicate in transition, and a lot of the buckets that were given up were just, you know, miscommunications in transition because they're running at a pace, and it's kind of one of the things that happen, yeah, because of that. And it you did, have to figure out,
0: yeah. It seemed like whether that's conditioning, whatever, getting mm-hmm. tired, they they didn't run as much as the game went along, and then pace is more of that to me than. Let's, like, the guru of go was what, a shot in six seconds?
1: So it's like six, seven or less. Okay. Yeah.
0: I don't know that that's what the Kings want, because I felt like in the fourth, there was a lot of early threes. Like, if you get a three late or a shot clock grenade where you got to go, but I felt like they were hurrying in that portion as opposed yeah. to running to see if you've got numbers. Yeah. It was, let's run to get the first shot. And right. Right. That didn't seem disciplined. So th-
1: they are not they're not doing the same they're not doing That's the same the, yeah. mentality. Even Alvin in, in Phoenix was 7 seconds or less and that was his thing when he was in Phoenix with the But oh, with the full camp and practice. Yeah, yeah. camp practice, personnel, all of those right. things. He had built that way, right? And so that's not what the Kings are going to do, but they're going to increase their pace. And you have to be able to play with pace, but also realize when you don't have numbers or when you don't have a good shot, and then you have to be able to get into a half-court offense. And another thing I noticed last night, the ball was moving better. It was quicker decisions. It wasn't – a lot of times when a play breaks down, what the Kings have a tendency to do is they give it to one player. A lot of times it's De'Aaron, but sometimes it's Harrison, sometimes it's Tyrese, and then it's like, okay, well, someone has to make a play, and everybody stands. I actually saw last night, and it it drives me insane. It absolutely drives me insane. Because as a player, it's like you're making it incredibly harder for the person with the ball to make something actually happen with a high percentage, but also – you can get somebody else an open shot just by cutting, moving, setting a screen, just some away-from-the-ball action. And it just drives me insane. I saw a lot of away-from-the-ball action last night, mm-hmm. which really makes a difference.
0: Yeah. So, it's another loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we don't have to debate the merits of it. I saw people – the worst loss of the year – I don't know. It can be if you feel it was. It. Was, I mean, it, it's more in the context of who Philly didn't have. Yep. But, I mean, I – I lost my spirit in the Toronto game. Like that game to me, I, I I saw more good in the game last night. In the end, it's a loss. I, that doesn't it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it's just the context of that one where you go, man, Philly was missing so many players. You feel like you should just win that game if it's by one or if it's by mm-hmm. twenty, and to lose again, it's just now that doesn't seem like they can figure out how to get out of this.
1: Yeah. It's so hard to put uh, like a worse loss. It doesn't even matter, uh, really. It's it's so weird because every single one of them has their own kind of context. Yes. And when you have the context of going one and three on a road trip against teams that you absolutely have to beat if you're trying to get where you say you're trying to get. Um, And everything Tristan Thompson said was just that is the most amazing, spot on, just genuine and 100 percent real talk Mm -hmm. press conference I've ever heard. It was the best thing. I mean, that I, I. I like going back and just listening to yeah. it because you just don't get real talk like that at this level. You just don't hear it. Yeah. And he was right. But then you come home and you get down thirty to Toronto.
0: That was your response. That game. was your
1: response game, and that happens, you know. And then and then this game, and then you, you look at all, all kinds of things. It's like where you you had um, a lead and you let it go. Like to me, every game has their own context, so they're bad in their own way. Yeah. I don't think the Kings have gotten beaten this year. I think the Kings have beaten themselves that's Mm -hmm. the thing like I don't I can't recall a game where it's like wow they just played really well and this is a better team it was how about the first
0: two Utah maybe Uh,
1: listen I think that those are tied with four minutes to go I know but like it was the turnovers for me there was like 15 steals or something in that (laughs) game and it's like you beat yourself you were playing super well yeah you beat yourself like, those, those are the things to me that stick out. Utah, yes. Phoenix, I yeah. mean, you had an opportunity – to, to beat Phoenix the second time right. here at home. And it was quarter. it was the quarter. Yeah, yeah, you just let go of the reins. Yeah. So that's what I mean by, like, I think the Kings have beat themselves a lot this year. And that's not taking away from what other teams have sure, done.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to get uh, coach reaction. That's Alvin Gentry. More reaction from Tristan Thompson. We're, we've got much more to get to. Katie Christensen in studio with me, Jason Ross. We're back with more after this on KHDK. Here on Sports 1140 KHDK, Jason Ross, Katie Christensen, kind enough to be in studio with us today. You enjoying your uh, your new gig? It looks like you're having fun. I am, even I with am the enjoying losses. It.
1: Yeah, it, that makes it a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's it's like anything. Like you just you feel more and more comfortable as you go along, and you just get better and feel better. And you know, obviously, I go back and forth between Mark and Kyle. Yeah, and, and so you know, it's it's a new job for me this year, and you're doing it with two different people, but. I'm enjoying it. I really am.
0: You did not know when you signed up for this that you would have the hazard of being 15 feet away from vomit. (laughs) Maybe 20 feet. Close enough was the point. I'm
1: so glad that that was kind of happening on the same side we were on. We couldn't see it happening, and we just had our director kind of in our head saying, like, we're not going to show you guys you don't want to see this right now but the player reactions that we've seen all over are so classic um but i will say that after like the 20 minute or whatever cleanup we started calling the game again and then it was just this horrendous smell that was like wafting over so even though it was clean it was like oh my gosh yeah like oh
0: and i appreciate we were talking about on the radio in the post game. you must have heard because i said you know this man like Release everything yeah. from his whole, and you said it was a lot. Yeah, yeah, you I think
1: it was like, uh, I think it was like Henry that was like, Why did it take so long to get it cleaned yeah. up? Why, you know, I was like, It did
0: take a long time.
1: It was a lot, <laughs> it was a lot, yeah, and it and was everywhere. Four
0: and five mops, yeah. all those towels, yeah, then the not, one, clean. not
1: to mention the fact that we live in a pandemic oh, state for sure right now, for sure. so I sense. mean. We can't, we can't even get on the floor without right. taking a COVID test right. before work every day. Yeah. And so now you have bodily fluids literally next to yes. where the players and coaches are sitting. It's like you're not just like mopping this up, – you're sanitizing yeah. completely. Yeah. So I think that they did a tremendous oh, did. job of getting that cleaned up. And listen, no one likes to clean up somebody else's. No. You no. know, vomit. The so. guy was
0: just sitting in it for a while, too. Yeah. And then the worker that He came overindulged. In and uh, also almost, yeah. I went, mean, oh, no, we can't have a chain reaction here. Yeah. Yeah, because you would have got, got one for me yes. as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so you never know what you're going to have at an NBA game, right? Whether uh, <laughs> that, no one expected that. Unfortunately, at the end, we've all known Luke Walton, just a wonderful person. I get it. I get they made the move. There were, unfortunately, um, some fire Luke chants on the Toronto game certainly more mm-hmm. on the uh, Utah game Katie I think this one uh, is definitely unique from last night at the Bulls game so it's the Chicago Bulls playing and mm-hmm. we'll see if we can make out these chants went to the uh, Olympics in 88 and John Thompson move. was the Olympic coach there and uh, the United States finished third His second foul, and the first on the Pacers in the fourth. So it's a little faint. I can't
1: hear. I can't make it out. But
0: it's the Chicago Bulls, and they're chanting Fire Nagy. The Bears Chicago Bears oh. head football coach. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, come on now. That's pretty ruthless. Well, the
1: Bulls got just absolutely dealt with by the Pacers Yeah, last which is night one weird which loss Which is such for them. a weird, yeah. But they so, said, let's, let's, say, so you, oh, let's fire so, the football so coach. You're so you're getting, you're, you know. You're
0: shooting uh, elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and
1: that's what you're concerned about right, right. now. Just, Not this abysmal <laughs> loss.
0: Just a quick follow-up on that. There were reports today, too, for the Bears. And Matt Nagy was going to be let go after their Thanksgiving game. He uh, responded to that.
2: That is not accurate. You know, I have not, um, you know, I have great communication with ownership with George and Ted and, and Ryan, but uh, I have not had any
0: discussions. Anyway, we'll see where that goes. But I mean, that's, you never know what you're going to find at a game. Fire another coach from another sport in your city. Uh, that that happened. Whereas, like last night, Dusty Baker's here on the yep. cheating Astros, but gets the love. Like everybody loves Dusty Baker. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Well, local guy, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Alright, so last night, first chance for Alvin Gentry. Um it they didn't win. Uh let's get some reaction from him on uh how this has to uh, go the other direction.
3: The only way that we're gonna shake this, and as I said to the guys, is that we have to actually win some games, you know, where we see uh a tangible thing uh that, that we've done that we see the results of that and that it's gotta be a W, you know. Uh we can talk about, hey, you know, we did this well, uh you know, we did we were pretty good in this area right here, but you know, if it's the L it's an L. You know, and at the end of the day they either put a W or an L in there and we've gotta find a way to put some W's in.
0: You know they were talking about earlier this year stacking days, stacking mm-hmm. wins. They need one. They needed one redirect. I'm not saying that's gonna to lead to five. But you got to get one, and right now they probably feel like they can't get the one.
1: Well, they had the one against Detroit. Yeah. They had one against Detroit, and they played well, and they did the right things. Yeah, it
0: didn't stack.
1: Part of it is a mentality of understanding that it's purposeful intention that stacks games and stacks days and habits and behavior and continuity and chemistry, all of those things that are so important. Um, I think that sometimes – People kind of, they win a game, it's like, oh, yeah, we're fine. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, this is one game. Just one. This is one game, and you have to continue to actually improve. Like, one game is like not like, oh, now the losing streak's over. Now we're going to start kind of getting on a roll. No, you have to take the bull by the horns yourself, and you have to have some intent behind your actions and habits and ha- habits that you're building every day.
0: Yeah. Here's one more I think was uh, pretty powerful from uh, Alvin post game yesterday.
3: Well, you know, we can either improve or we got to start looking to play different people. You know, I mean, it's, that's the solution, really. You know, if we can't get it done with the people that we have out there, obviously, as a coach, I got to decide uh, in, uh, on different people being out there. You know, so, uh, I mean, to, uh, 12 points in a quarter is just not, is, is unacceptable to a team that's, uh, you know, basically playing with their, you know, the second unit
2: uh alvin um and I, and I didn't
3: mean that in a discouraging way against those guys out there because they got some very good players i didn't, I didn't mean that uh in, in any kind of derogatory way because the bottom line is that they kicked our ass so
0: yeah and i don't know if he's talking i don't think he's talking about one player i think he's talking about it just needs to get better And if not i'm playing people until i find it and yeah. i they've played almost everybody on this roster at some point yeah. this season too
1: well listen jason um we'll be Completely honest here, Alvin is in a position that Luke was never in, which was to make kind of his own decisions and not feel pressure. And I'm not implying that people were telling Alvin or Luke, rather, who to play or what to do, but being in the position that he was in, there was a lot of pressure on him coming into this season. And I still don't have clarity on exactly what is going on with Marvin Bagley and what collectively this team and organization has plans for, has planned for with him. I mean, I've talked about it on air of like, okay, you have a number two draft pick that is seemingly not a piece of the puzzle here anymore and not a piece of the future. Um, They were talking about trading him last year. He started the year here. Don't have any takers for him, so it's like, okay, well, do you play him, or because he's not a piece of your future, say we're going to work on what we know we're going to have, and we'll find a buyer or whatever. But a lot of people want to see someone play, so do you play him to trade him, or are you not playing him to trade him because he's had so many injury problems that you're scared about? So, and then you like, okay. Um, kind of all the other decisions and things that are going on, like Tyrese with the ball, mm. De'Aaron with the ball, like right. all of these things, like where were they coming from? Was it Luke feeling pressure? Was there anyone saying this is what we want to see? We don't really have the answer. The one thing that Alvin has that is different than Luke Walton while he was coaching this team, he has no pressure in the sense of like he's an interim coach, right? right? And he's taking over, and guess what? He's in a position, in my opinion, he has the luxury of making choices based on what he wants to see, what he wants to do, and that's it.
0: Even if, like Monty said the other day, the goal is still the playoffs, I think we have the roster to make the playoffs. It's just not the same pressure that Luke had.
1: It's not the same pressure. The same goals are still there. Luke was coming into the season. There was rumors. A hot seat. Yeah, there was rumors last year at the All-Star break that he wasn't going to be the coach when they got back. And then he was. And then we go into the offseason, and I think a lot of people expected there to be a change. And nothing against Luke Walton, but this team has been struggling. Also, you had a new general manager come in. Not a lot of times does a coach hired by the previous general manager survive. And so it's just all of these little things that were stacking up. And then Luke starts the year. Right. It's just been kind of a puzzling puzzling situation. Yeah. So Alvin is in, he's, he's in a much different position in terms of the decisions he gets to make. And you know what? Alvin's been in this league a long time, and he will search for answers. Yeah. And he'll do what he thinks he needs to do.
0: All right, we're going to talk more about that, what he does need to do, what this team needs to do. Is the roster good enough? We also get some more reaction, more passion from Tristan Thompson when we start the next hour here on Sports 1140 KHDK.